What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast, an emergency edition of the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. We're not even talking about the Big Ten. Well, we we are going to talk about the Big Ten, but there, there's this little bit of news that happened last night. A, a football coach retired, you know, just a normal happening, except it's Nick freaking Saban who retired. Just completely out of the blue. And because it's Nick Saban, I had to get my buddy JR on the podcast because, you know, for the big podcast, I got to have someone other than me. <laughs> so, JR, welcome to the pod. Thanks for, for coming on short notice. Tell tell the folks about your podcast real quick before we kind of jump into this. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me on, Zach. I always appreciate it. Uh, glad to be here and uh, always glad to have you over at my podcast as well over at the Big Ten Huddle. Uh, we talk about Big Ten over there. As well, uh, it's kind of like a hodgepodge of different fans come on and stuff like that. Here, you, you know, you get the consistent Zach who gives you probably the wisdom and knowledge every single time he's on. And I have, a, you know, some wisdom and knowledge with my guys, but, it, you know, it's all Big Ten fans, all different kinds of podcasts. So, you know, every podcast you might get something different, but it's a good time. <laughs> It is a good time. I love, I love coming over and talking, talking ball and been trying to, trying to listen to you guys as you've been covering basketball as well. So if you guys are basketball fanatics, uh, big 10 huddles where it's at, in fact, they are recording uh, about 20 minutes after this. So uh, this is obviously dropping tomorrow morning, but make sure you, what, what days do you live? Do you live stream? for basketball uh sunday night and wednesday night uh, at nine is basketball and then tuesday night is nine for football so make sure you you uh tune in to jr and the big Ten huddle and all the big big banter sports network they've been phenomenal uh to, to us retiring and... anytime soon so <laughs> well okay so speaking of retiring so uh nick saban arguably the greatest of all time um, yeah. he is currently 72 years old. And so it's, it's probably not shocking in the sense that in terms of his age, ironically, Pete Carroll also just retired 72 years old. So there, there's yeah. something in the water. Um, there, there's some smoke to the reasoning why we're not going to get into that yet until it's, it's out there because, you know, Jared and I were talking before the show, we just don't want to speculate, you know, especially some of the things that we're hearing, um, it could be, it could be more serious. And if it is, we want to, we want to let actual journalism take place and, and actual facts come out before we actually comment on the reasoning and the rationale, but, but certainly a surprise, you know, especially with the way that he was coaching, the way he was recruiting, it, it was very sudden. Um, a lot of players are, are coming out of the woodwork now saying they, they might transfer. Um, so definitely it was shocking to say the least. I want to get your take, JR. What 
we're going to talk a lot about legacy. I want to get your initial reaction. Like as this was announced, what do you feel like the legacy of Nick Saban is? Well, I mean, it's so far reaching. Um, you know, I, I'll just, when I found out I was in the kitchen, uh, we were getting dinner ready um, for, for my family. And I just got a notification on my phone that says Nick Saban has retired. Um, and I turned to my wife, who is not into sports at all. I mean, she kind of pays attention to Big Ten basketball a little bit, but she's really not into sports at all. And I said, you'll never guess what just happened. And she said, what? I said, Nick Saban just retired. And she said, oh, my gosh, are you serious? So, like, her, she she's not a sports person at all. She knows who Nick Saban is. She knows the impact of Nick Saban retiring uh, just based on, you know, college football being on around her and stuff. I remember, I think it was the 2020 national championship I was watching and she saw Nick Saban on the screen and she said, Oh my gosh, why is he on the screen all the time? <laughs> because he's really good and he wins a lot of football games and he makes a lot of national championships. Um, and mm-hmm. so to me, that's the legacy is he is one of those coaches that has, you know, uh, not, not that he's bigger than the sport, but he's reached beyond the sport um, so that way he's not just known by the fans and the diehards and stuff like that, but he's known um, by basically anyone who pays attention to sports at all, uh, because not only is he a great college football coach, uh, but he is also or was also uh, one of the greatest coaches uh, uh, of any sport there is. Yeah, and I mean, seven national championships, six at Alabama, one at LSU, you know, I had a two-year run in the NFL, and I think I think people misremember that run because it wasn't it wasn't great, but it wasn't like he was two and fourteen each year. I feel like that's how people talk about that. And I think people are just more mad because he he jumped ship two right. years in, and lest we forget that he got he really got his start. You know, I, I believe he was at Toledo. And then he was in the Big Ten with Michigan State. And, of course, probably his biggest win at Michigan State was against number one Ohio State, one of the most painful games probably either of us have ever watched. Uh, In 1998, Joe Germain and the number one Buckeyes uh, get upset by this Nick Saban, who is an up-and-coming coach at that point. And it was a springboard to LSU, springboard to Alabama, where he has become uh, uh, probably bigger than Bear Bryant, if we're honest, just the way the way he's made a name for himself there. Alab- it's interesting. I was looking at Alabama, and they have a rich history. I, I think it's 13 uh, definitive national championships. And then, you know, before the poll era, everybody claimed a national championship. So we, we try not to include those, but between, I think bear Bryant and Nick Saban, I think there's 13 or 12. And I think Gene Stallings has another one. Yeah. But if you look at the gaps between the coaches, it's not like Ohio state and their run over the past 25, 30 years, where if they fell short, they typically didn't fall that short. Like there's a lot of fifth place, a lot of fourth place. And so it begs the question, I know we're in the the era of transfer portal and whatnot, but like, what, what are the implications for Alabama? 
Well, Alabama is going to have to hire a coach who can bring players with him. Um, I thought that was one of the greatest um, uh, insights that Matt Rule gave when he came to Nebraska. He said, look, a rebuild here is going to take a little bit longer for me because he said, I jumped from the NFL. He said, I didn't have players who I had relationships with and I brought them over uh, and those kind of things. He said, because when a coach leaves, you know, the, the kids leave and typically the most talented players leave because they want to go somewhere where they believe in, you know, the culture, what's going on, you know, can this team win? Uh, and, and maybe they're not sold on you coming in and, and rebuilding the program. Um, and that's what Alabama is going to have to do if they don't want to take a dip because Nick Saban, he has a very, very talented roster. However, Nick Saban, you know, the 30 day transfer portal window just started for Alabama. So Caleb Downs, Keon Keeley, um, you know, Jalen Milrow, if he wants to, they can all leave in 30 days and go find a home somewhere else, whether that's with more money, whether that's with more planning time, whatever it might be. Um, so they, they're going to have to look for a coach who can bring some players with him uh, to keep Alabama at the top. Yeah, and I think this is where – we get to maybe some of the implications in the big 10. Um, this is obviously a big 10 podcast. You and I both host big 10, uh, big 10 podcasts. And the reality is this has major repercussions in the big 10 because of the transfer portal, because of recruiting, because of just the hole that Alabama has kind of filled the past I think 20 years, almost 20 years, mm -hmm. how maybe the, the biggest question is the, the immediate names that come to mind for coaches, Dan Lanning, Dabo Swinney. Uh, I've, I've heard uh, Kirby smart. Another one. I don't think Kirby smarts leaving Georgia, no. but Dan Lanning is probably the biggest hottest name right now. And he's now a big 10 as, as of, January 8th, like 11.45 p.m., yeah. he's a Big Ten head coach. So is he not going to be a Big Ten coach for more than like four days? Yeah, I, I that was my immediate thought too was, you know, oh, wow, Alabama just lost the best coach in the game. You know, maybe the Big Ten's going to have better coaches than the SEC. Um, well, that is, if you know Alabama doesn't take one of those best coaches in the Big Ten, like a Dan Lanning, uh, maybe like a Kalen DeBoer. Um, I've even seen James Franklin's name floated out there because his buyout isn't very big. So, do I think James Franklin is you know uh, somebody who could actually be? I don't think so, but you know his name's out there, so I guess anything could happen. Um, but you know. That's that's going to be a big thing because they might just poach from the Big Ten uh, one of these up and coming coaches. Yeah i I would be curious what Penn State's reactions would be if James Franklin somehow ended up with the Alabama job. But yeah, I, I think I, I was I was surprised to see. I think I saw your tweet on that actually that James Franklin was a name to watch. Um, but yeah, I think Dan Lanning is certainly a name uh, to watch out for. Um, 
And what's hilarious to me about that, that was what my tweet was was I, I said, you know, James Franklin on this list is hilarious. Not because I think James Franklin is a bad coach or anything like that, but number one, you know, Penn State fans this season, after watching James Franklin lose to Ohio State and Michigan again, were kind of vying for him to be fired, you know, kind of move mm-hmm. on from James Franklin. Not all of them, but some of them were. Uh, so there's that. And then number two, I, I just, you know, Brian Kelly went down to LSU, and that was kind of comical. <laughs> so to me, it's like, does Jay Franklin really fit, you know, Alabama, I, the, the South and stuff like that? I don't think so. Uh, you know, I'm sure, you know, anybody can remake themselves and go down there, but it, it just doesn't seem like a fit to me. I could never envision James Franklin uh, leading the Alabama Crimson Tide out onto the field i just i couldn't envision it yeah yeah it's a i i just thought had a i wondered if james franklin has a good fake alabama accent that he could uh <laughs> yes uh i don't think that's gonna happen brian kelly uh cringe cringiest peak cringe cringe yeah cringiest coaching transition maybe ever um I, you know, I, I, how do you think this impacts? And obviously it depends on the coach, but how do you think this impacts recruiting? Not just for Alabama, but for the big 10. And maybe this, this, this leads to another question too, is like who benefits the most in the big 10 from this? Well, um, you know, the teams I think about that have had the most recruiting battles with Alabama uh, you know, obviously Ohio State, you hear about them pretty often. Uh, Michigan has a lot of recruiting battles with Alabama as well. Um, a cornerback out of the transfer portal, that uh, Jackson kid from USC, Damani, I think is his name. Uh, he just committed to USC, so, you know, or not USC, to uh, Alabama. Um, so, you know, does he decommit there, head on over to Michigan? You know, we'll see uh, in Oregon. They've been in some recruiting battles there as well. So, you know, to me, it, it can really affect the top tier. Um, and you look at Alabama's strategy for recruiting, which has been offensive line, defensive line. Um, and if they bring in a coach who's not able to recruit at that same level with those linemen, I think we could see some more parity with maybe some more Big Ten teams and possibly some more teams down south. Um, I know we're talking about Big Ten implications, but you know, I also think about a team like Auburn. Hugh Freeze is there. You know, yeah. if he can get some more uh, line play, uh, you know, could could be looking at a resurgence for Auburn here as well if Alabama does not hire the right coach. Yeah. Well, and even going outside the SEC and the Big Ten, you know, we talked a lot about Florida State getting shafted. Well, some of those those linemen might go – Tallahassee, you know, you wonder even maybe the Florida Gators, you know, different, different teams. I know Florida's in the sec. Um, do you think Penn state, um, do you think they benefit at all? I, well, I mean, I think so. I, I think there's a bit of a, a ripple or a trickle down effect too. And not to say that Penn state is that much further down the line, but no. you know, one thing that Franklin's been good at is recruiting. And so, 
they are recruit Michigan most times. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the first year that they were like as close as they've been in a long in, in quite a few years, actually. Um so I yeah, I, I do think Penn State it certainly helps them. I, I don't know how many outright recruiting battles they've had with Alabama over the years, but I mean, it's one less school that they have to fight and they, they at least get some of the big names. Um, so yeah, I, 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 yeah, I think Penn state for sure. Let me, yeah. let me send you out on this. Cause I know you got to You got to head out here soon, but the sec perception and mystique i felt like it started with urban meyer back in 2006 but nick saban really kind of anchored it down how does his retirement change maybe the future of conference perception well i think you know we were talking about this on a episode of my uh, big 10 huddle podcast the other day um and I don't think it really does a lot um, okay. because I think they're going to hire a really good coach. Uh, you know, like I said, a Dan Laning type, somebody like that. Um, and, and overall, you know, the Big Ten, um, they, they really, they eat each other a lot. Uh, they they kind of go after each other, the rivalries. Uh, are not just with each other, but they want to see them lose to other teams as well. Um, in the SEC, you know, you have Auburn fans. It's not uncommon for them to be rooting for Alabama. Uh, it's not uncommon yep. to see Georgia fans rooting for Alabama. I saw a, an Alabama fan the other day, um, you know, uh, fighting and saying, yeah, Georgia would beat Michigan because the SEC is the best. And it's like, you know, that, that would never happen in the Big Ten. You know, nope. Penn State fans would never say, yeah, Michigan would totally beat this team because the Big Ten's the best. No, they'd say, screw Michigan. We hate them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and so I think that's one of the biggest things that people overlook about conference perception is that the Big Ten, they put each other down a lot and they they talk each other down a lot. Um, just go over to Joel, go over to Joel Klatt's show. And look at the comment section. If Joel Klatt says anything kind about Ohio State, you'll see Michigan, Penn State, even like Illinois fans in there saying, oh, no, Joel, you're wrong. Ohio State stinks. You see him say anything nice about Michigan, you'll see Ohio State, uh, Iowa, all these fans saying, oh, no, Joel, you're wrong. Michigan, you know, they stink. It's just the culture of the conference. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, if conference, you know, domination i guess is your goal the sec i think they're still going to dominate in that area just based off the culture of it alone do, do you see the same thing i'm seeing well it's funny i was thinking after michigan won the national championship nobody was nobody was chanting go big 10 um they were in fact most big 10 uh opponents were saying it has an asterisk which i was right. like I'm just not, I'm not going to touch that. Not going to do I'm that, but, <laughs> but it was definitely, I, and, and I think it's similar, by the way, Illini fans might be the most underrated fan base. You like see them in basketball, man. Oh my gosh. Like, and I love them. Like they comment on, on the show a lot. 
And often it's because I say something that they're like, I can't believe you said that about our team. And I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> no, I, I, I just stepped on a landmine. And I don't mean that to Illini fans. Like, I love y'all. Um, but I mean, they're like, I think that's something that people don't realize about big tent fan bases is like, I mean, I've, I've gotten a huge following with Rutgers fans this year and they're great. Like, I mean, they love their team and they like, they're, they're very knowledgeable and they're very, um, and I think this is true of all the fan bases in the big 10, but they don't care about the other, like they care about the other teams. They care about conference perception, but only to the point that it benefits them. And then they're like, right. Oh, they lost. Oh, well, whatever. They stink anyway. Right. It's like nobody else. Like, yeah, the sec, the ACC, I feel like there's a lot more conference pride. So, right. well, and you know, I say all this, I'm not talking about other people. A lot of it, I'm talking about myself as well. You know, <laughs> I was one of those people posting the asterisks and, and <laughs> saying cheaters and stuff like that after the national championship, because in my mind, that's, that's what college sports is. You know, it's yeah. rivalries. It's, you know, you root hard for your team to win. You root just as hard for your rivals to lose. Like, you know, and of course it's all just in good fun. You know, I, I had a Michigan fan DM me the other day and tell me I was a terrible person and all this stuff. And I'm like, dude, you're no. taking this way too seriously. Man. You know, oh. like it's, it's all just for fun. And, and, you know, we, we should never get to the point where, you know, we're, you know, insulting somebody else or anything like that. Like just, it's all for fun. A little bit of trash talk here and there. Um, but to me, that's what, like, that's what college sports is. Uh, rooting for your, like I said, rooting for your team and rooting for your rival and rooting against your rival just as much as you root for your team. And I think the Big Ten does that. Uh, but I, I just, I don't see it from the SEC like I see it from the Big Ten. Yeah, they, they got that southern that southern hospitality where they want to avoid For avoid all other, controversy. Else. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but well, I know you gotta you gotta head out here. So thanks again for for jumping on here for just a quick kind of reaction to this. This is big news. It's gonna, I think, change the landscape of college football in, in big ways. And so again, this is the Big Ten Football Talk podcast. Check out the Big Ten Huddle. Uh, on YouTube, on on Spotify, Apple, Apple Podcasts, anywhere you get podcasts, make sure you check them out. JR, thanks again, man. Really appreciate having you on the show. Thanks a lot, Zach. I appreciate you too, man. Yep. Yeah.